Hey, hey, and happy Monday, everyone. Hello and happy Monday. Uh, by the way, it's Monday. Did you know that? <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're tuned in to WRLR 98.3, The Life. Uh, today, Tiffany couldn't make it here on Bacon Bits, so I've got two very, very special guests. My boys, my sons, Nate and Luke over here. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. Oh, excellent, excellent. So today, what we're going to be talking about is catastrophizing. All right. Uh, and so for those of you out there in Radioland who are tuning in for the very first time, let me tell you a little something about Bacon Bits. Our show here is every Monday on WRLR, 7 o'clock uh, Central Time. And Bacon Bits with Master Happiness is all about helping you discover some new paths to happiness. We understand there's lots of reasons to be angry, sad, and afraid. So what we're trying to do is share some shortcuts to uh, Happy Town. All right. And so today we're going to be talking about catastrophizing why people are so upset all the time why do people look for the worst case scenario when they don't necessarily have to so again what i did was i brought in two specialists in this they cause probably more catastrophe than feeling catastrophic all right so that's that's exactly why i brought you guys in for this specific episode uh hopefully the reason tiffany's not here is not a catastrophe hopefully it's just something fun and exciting that she's doing (laughs) all right so let's keep our fingers crossed and legs crossed and whatever else you want to cross i'm crossing my fingers marty and a girl all right (laughs) all right so have you guys uh have you guys ever ever heard the story of chicken little Yes, 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 yes you course. have. Nate, have you ever heard of the story of Chicken Little? Chicken Where the Little. sky is falling? Yeah, yeah. Never that's heard the, of it. Never, right. Because that's the, that's the epitome of catastrophe. This little chicken running around, and he thought this, you know, an acorn fell on his head. He thought the sky was falling, and then he got all excited. He got, you know, thought, thought everything was, was ending, and he ran around the land screaming and yelling, saying the sky was falling. And then he ran into people like, you know, I'm going to call her, call her Jenny Penny because I don't think I can say Henny Penny because that might be trademarked. So mm. ran into the, like Jenny Penny, uh, Lucky Ducky, uh, Lammy Ham Sandwich, all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of these characters until running into Foxy Loxy, who then took advantage of them, said, here, hide in my belly and ate them all. So that's the that's the problem with catastrophizing things. You end up getting eaten by a, a cool cat named Foxy Loxy. All right, mm-hmm. so we don't want to do that, right? No, no. <laughs> All right. All right, so again, the reason I brought you two guys here, uh, aside from that, that uh, those wonderful ad-libs that you just suddenly jump into, all right, I don't know what's going on with the computer over here. It's like someone's doing something with the computer. Look at this. Yeah. You see that? <laughs> wow, that's It's crazy. like someone took over the computer, and they're yeah. playing some promos. Wow, this is really neat. There's a ghost of a... Uh, which is all very exciting for you people listening because you can't see what's going on. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, we'll go back to this. We'll just ignore We'll ignore the uh, computer, what's going on. Hopefully you can still hear what's going on. Uh, so the reason I brought you two guys is that uh, because of you, I don't view uh, anything a catastrophe because I look at you guys and I go, C- couldn't get any worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> Always good to know I have somebody who believes in me. Yes, you know it. You know it. You know, Nate here took the easy way out to become my son. You know, he just married my daughter as opposed to having to live with me his entire life. You know, Luke is the true hero here. He, I signed he, up for the full tour. That's right. That's right. And between you two and all the daughters I have, wow, I'm telling you, life is grand. So, so would you guys consider yourself uh, the catastrophic type? Do you look at the worst case scenario or the best case scenario? I think I'm usually a best case scenario kind of guy. Okay. Uh, 
Like, what's the word? What, like, give me an example of like a, a a potential bad problem that you're like, hey, hey, you know what? We could also end up okay. Um. Well, we were uh, we were out of town last weekend. We went out of town for our anniversary. Nice. And um, the instructions for the Airbnb were. Do not manually lock the door on your okay. way out. Cool. And uh, nice. I was sent them by my very loving wife, who goes, here's all the information you need to know. This is everything we need. And uh, on my way out the door, manually locked the door. Good and for locked you. Us, locked us out of the Airbnb <laughs> roughly 15 minutes within checking in. Nice. <laughs> nice. And um, Do it early. Do it often. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... I was looking around, and it was. Um, I saw there was a lockbox. Okay. Next to the door. Yeah. So I was like, in in my mind, I was. I like they hadn't told us anything, but I was like, there's there's probably like a key to get back inside, but uh, but you gotta, I, I didn't know you for open, sure. So right. I was like, I just locked us out of where we're staying for the evening. All right. And uh, you know, I don't know how we're uh, we're getting back so in. So what was that immediate feeling? Did you have that little like? Uh, drama feelings you feel like oh like this is awful did you get mad at yourself was, or was, laugh at yourself it was more just it was more just funny i was like of course like of course oh, i right. wouldn't read the one thing like yeah the, I, <laughs> right i had right. very little yeah. things to do on this and i was like mm, i'm not gonna read what was sent to me and locked us out of there right now see i like i like that attitude because a lot of people would just go oh my god i can't believe this now what are we gonna do you know this is awful as opposed to, you know, we're in a city, right? It's not like we're, this is the on, our, our only shelter in the middle of the jungle and it's pouring rain on us or something like that. You know, it's, the problem is solvable. Right. As a, so there's no reason to jump to a crazy conclusion. Yeah. Right. I was, I was already doing the math. I'm like, we're two and a half hours from home. I've got my car, my truck <laughs> keys in my pocket. Worst case scenario, scenario, we drive home and sleep in my bed. Exactly. Best case, I hire a locksmith and I'm out $200 to get back into there you my go. Airbnb. There you go. There you go. Break a window. Yeah. You know, there's all yeah. kinds of ways in. People sure, love that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they, that's that's exactly why people put their homes up for Airbnb. And that's actually how you get the that, best stars that's on Airbnb <laughs> is if you uh, damage a window. That's uh, all right. I like that. Not, good to know. <laughs> what about you there, Luke? Are you a uh, best case scenario, a worst case scenario kind of guy, or middle, or you don't even carry a case? I think I'm a, I think I'm a weird scenario because I was trying to think about this uh, on the way here, and I think my general thought process when it comes to if something bad happens is, I will, uh, I will go, I will kind of catastrophize a little. I'll be okay. like, oh, this is awful, this is terrible. Yes. But that brings me a weird zen. Where it's like, well, this is the worst that could happen. So right, right. I guess let's just keep going. Okay. So I feel like I'm a little bit of both, where I could probably work on reframing, but uh, in the end, I'm just like, well, what what can you do, you know? I, I tend to agree with you. I'm more of the type of person, I know my knee-jerk reaction sometimes, not all the time, is, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is just terrible. This is, you know, the sky really is falling. Mm -hmm. And then I have learned from one way or another that taking that helicopter view, like leaving the scenario and taking the narrator's view and standing and looking at it going, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. Why are you overreacting? Let's just take a moment and think about it. Okay. Uh, but there are some people who can't get past that. And um, I always like sharing stories about that, but I don't like sharing names because, you know, who knows that person might actually be listening going, what are you telling that story about me? <laughs> so no, I don't like doing this, but I know plenty of people that I've met throughout life mm -hmm. that 
it was always that way. I've worked with uh, some guys that were just, no matter what went on, it can't be done. It can't be done. Uh, when we were working in an R&D department, it was amazing. Every idea you threw out, it was like, no, that can't be done. That's that's impossible. It's never been done. And it's like, why are you even in this department? Why are you inventing something new if you truly believe nothing can ever be done? And so it's that type of mentality that we want to kind of discuss. Now, uh, I know you guys spent the whole week doing a lot of homework on this, and I really appreciate that. Uh, so well, that's why we're here. <laughs> exactly, because you are the experts. Okay, uh-huh. is some of the stuff that I dug into was this whole idea of misguided coping skills that some people believe they have these coping skills that they can handle this, but what they actually do is they just allow the worst case scenario to take over, and they just go, "That's it. I'm going to live with it. I, I there's nothing I can do." Uh, and all bad things are going to happen. And if something good happens, uh, well, it's just a matter of time before something bad happens. Mm-hmm. And so we probably have met people like that, right? Wouldn't oh, you say? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and isn't it awful? If you think about that, would you really want to live your entire life with that attitude? Of Yeah. It's mm-hmm. got to just be exhausting. You like, would- at, like at some point, you're just like, I'm... So tired. Like, <laughs> you know, like like everything is terrible. I like, know, right. Like we we all meet those people. Like you meet them and like, how's it going? And they're like, oh, oh. I'm making it. And you're like, Well, that's the, like that's right, it. You're yeah, making it. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. even like an okay day. You're just you're like, like oh, I and just got go, by. Can't get any worse. Well, give it time. Yeah. Give yeah. it time. Oh, man. Man. You don't know, man. <laughs> right. And it's and it's hilarious when you when you poke fun at it, but it's sad because there are people who live like that and they can't get past it. And while I was doing some uh, reading and some research, it's interesting that a lot of people learn this from their parents because they see maybe their parents go through a catastrophic incident. They see something and they're like, wow, my parents couldn't uh, get through this. And they see this and they're raised at an early age that they see these events and they're like, that then that normalizes it and says, that's how I'm supposed to live my life in that type of that that realm of reality. Mm And so uh, with today's show, I really want to fight that. I want to teach people, let's get past that, okay? Let's understand that uh, bad things can happen and bad things do happen, but good things can happen and good things uh, do happen, okay? They were coming up with a quote or uh, a percentage that they said when we catastrophize 90% of the time, that's not what happens. It's t- so why do we concentrate on the 90% chance of it being awful as opposed to the 10% chance of it being okay, at least okay, if not great. I think part of it is because, like, everybody expects that everything's going to be okay. Like, the general, like, human mindset is, like, everything's yeah. going to be okay, everything's going to be right. So when everything is going okay, everybody's like, yeah, this is as it should be. It does not register yeah. in any way. And the minute something goes wrong, everybody's like, I, I knew it. I, I knew, I knew, I knew <laughs> this was going to happen. This is terrible. I can't believe this. I can't believe this happened to me. Right? Why, why me? Why yeah. me? I'm like it's it's the victim oh, mentality, which God, is so yes. easy to fall into. Yeah. Rather than looking at something and going, okay, this isn't great. How am I going to make this a positive in my life? Right. And I think sometimes it, it's because there's an effort to it to make it to make things positive. There's an effort to it because sometimes life is life tuck is. Life tucks. Life Life tucks you in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a mixture of like three different sentences in my head. Sometimes life sucks. It is tough, okay? And we have to be able to fight for it. And when uh, there's a lot of people that anticipate the worst case scenario, so what they end up doing is they agitate the situation. They make sure the worst case happens 
so that then, in a way, they're like, well, now I'm not hurt. Because I knew this was going to happen, I prepared for it, and that's the worst-case scenario. And so that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Do you think any of it is like a like plausible deniability? They're just like, well, like, well I knew this was going to happen, sure. and it happened, yeah. so... There was nothing I could have done. Right, you right. Know, and like, that's, uh, that's why I'm saying that's the easy out. Yeah, Okay. always. Uh, and so I'm reminded two times. There was this one time when I was in high school, and I was remember taking the bus back and forth to school, and I was passing by this shop that I really wanted a job at. Okay, I just kept seeing this, and it was a, it was the first time I ever saw anyone classify themselves as a marketing company. They had mannequins in the window, and they, they did store decorations, right? And I thought, I want to do that. I can do that, right? And I would go back and forth, and I would cross through, and I kept saying to myself, I'm going to walk into the place, knock on the door. I know they don't have a help wanted sign, but I'm going to walk in and say, you need to hire a really young, creative guy, and that's me. There's nobody more creative than me. I can really do this. I want to learn your business from the bottom up, right? And I was building myself up. As I got off the bus that that stop, walked to the store, as I did this, everything somehow inside me just crushed and fell apart. Mm-hmm. Opened the door, and I go, you're not hiring, are you? And they go, no, we're not hiring. I'm like, okay. Turned around and walked out <laughs> after pumping myself up. Because this is what I'm meaning, is that it's so much easier to quit. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to quit. So easy. Yeah. I I quit. And so I quit. I never even asked that guy, do you, you know, why, you know, never give him a reason to hire me. I just quit before he even had a chance. And so then it was like, yeah, well, he he wasn't going to hire me anyway. I have no experience. He wasn't hired. He wasn't looking to hire anyone. He probably doesn't need anyone. I came up with a thousand excuses to say no. Okay, and unfortunately, when I was younger, too, that's exactly how I dated. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> I would look at a girl and go, "Oh, she's really attractive." You know, hey, I'm, I got, I got stuff together. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm dateable. She, she, she would be happy to date a guy like me. Walk up to her and do the exact same thing. You don't want to go out, do you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so she'd be like, "Yes." Yeah, I knew you didn't want to go out and walk away. <laughs> and I was like going, oh, struck out again. <laughs> you know, yeah, that tough. was my that was my best pickup line. You don't yeah. want to go out with me, do you? <laughs> <laughs> All reliable proof. Right. Oh, what oh, could, yeah. What could go wrong? 100% of the time, it, it turned out exactly that it was yeah. supposed to. Never got the date, mm-hmm. right? So that's how it was. So the only way I ended up dating at that age was I stayed at the party long enough so it was me and a woman were the only two left at the party. Hey, we're on a date. Look at us. <laughs> So um, so that's how I always dealt with it. And I think that what ends up happening is those people, like I said, they fall in line. They, uh, they saw this happen and catastrophe or the, the world is falling apart, the sky is falling, etc. That's the easy way out. That's the easy way to deal with life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about you, Luke? Any Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I got a story. Please, uh, share I, away. I work with this woman. Uh, oh, no. Currently? Currently. Oh, that's this. This will be an interesting story. Hopefully, she's not listening. Well, Unless it's a great story. Well, you're lucky I don't plug this to anyone. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I work with this woman, a uh, big catastrophizer. Nice. Uh, and a while there, for like a week or so, we were having trouble where our entire system would crash. Okay. So we couldn't take any orders. No orders were coming in. We couldn't right. even accept cash payment because our registers just weren't on. So wow. we couldn't track it down. So it was just awful. And what she was, her job was she had to call uh, the people who are in charge of our systems to fully reboot it. Uh, and when she called them, she was like, I can't do this because they're telling me 
they're going to guide me through step by step what I have to do to reset this, and I can't because I'm I'm technology I'm technology blind. I just don't know what to do. Wow, wow, and, yeah. You know, I in my mind I was like, but they're going to tell you, yeah, they're step by step right. what yeah. to do. But I I think that's what it is. Apparently something's printing in the room. Uh, all kinds of things happening in this place <laughs> today. Right. Um, but it just makes you think, like, I think that is what that mindset does to you, is it just makes you think, I cannot do this, so it's not going to happen. Right. Even if people are going out of their way saying, hey, we're going to tell you everything you have to do. We're going we're gonna, to, like, set the bridge in front of you. You can't just get a person to walk. They have to do it themselves. Yeah, and I think it's... Um, so what do you think that, that type of fear is? Because I've met plenty of people like that saying, all right, it's not that difficult. Let me walk you through it. Let me show you how to do it. No, 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 no. I don't do that. I can't figure that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm in that mindset for the longest time that I always say, yeah, of course I can do that. All right. And then I jump in and learn it as I go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, I always look at what's the worst that will happen. All right. It's never like the the best that can happen out uh, ways the worst that can happen in mm. most things. I mean, I'm not going to go and say, I could wrestle a grizzly, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go that far, but there's a lot of things that I just say, yeah, I can do that, and I go out and then just learn it because I, I know I have the capacity to do things, mm. all right? Uh, so what do you think uh, is the is the root for something like that? Is it public humiliation? Is it... Uh, is it a, a fear in general? Is it is it a comfort a comfort place they found? What do you think? What do you think's the root of of this type of personality? I think uh, I think a lot of it is a fear of failure. Okay, sure. There's a lot of people that they they're very they're very comfortable. They know you know they're like I I can do this and I'm good at this and right. I'm very comfortable doing this and they're worried that if they try something new and they're bad at it yeah. that people are People are going to be like, "Oh, they were bad at that." Right. And, right. And, yeah, I have I have one person in particular that I, I interact with on a daily basis, and they go, "Oh, I don't do text messages." <laughs> I love that. Right. All right. And good. And, and it's difficult for me because they're they're fifty six years old. Okay. Right. Which sure. is which is of of an older generation than I am, but, but not, still darn but, young. But not <laughs> but not of an, a generation that it is like. I'm not trying to teach a 93-year-old with dementia right, what a right. cell phone is. It's yes, something that exactly. they're very, they, they can run a computer and they can run email. And yeah, so like it's that. not that but difficult. They, but they, text messages isn't their thing. And it's difficult because like, oh, you know, you're my generation. We don't do text messages. But by the same token, I interact with somebody who's 73 who I text on a daily basis. Okay, sure. And it's like... What is their real reason? Is it because they don't want to? Are they being obstinate? Are they just right. like I? I don't need to do this, or is it actually something rooted much deeper, where they are scared that if they don't conform to society's right. like right. expectation, like if you text, you're going to get a response right away. You're going to be able to do everything right, the way right. you're supposed to. They're f- afraid of failing. They're like, I'm. I don't think I'm going to be good at that, so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. At all. So I can. And and then in society, we give people that out. Right. Oh, there's too much texting going on. No one talks anymore. Okay, good. Then I won't text. Right. And that's and the reason they're not texting is they're afraid of texting. Right. And they're using this society says we shouldn't be texting that much as the excuse. Right. right. And yeah, I I think there's a lot of uh stuff deep down inside that people have to get a a dig into themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was digging into this one thing. We always talk about this, and we don't mention the number enough that we know the number 911 in case there's an emergency. There's the other number that is 8 
811. Okay, 811. I hope I'm doing it right. It's either that or it's 988. <laughs> no, it's 811. That uh, uh, now somebody's going to call him. Nope, it's 988. Uh, but anyway, it's one of those two numbers where it's the uh, suicide hotline. So it's very important that I get it right. Yeah. So one of you two Google that, will you? Um, yeah, sure. Is take a look at that. Uh, and it's it's more about that idea that when things are falling apart, when you are catastrophizing and you're and for whatever reason you've put yourself in that state and you can't get past it. All right. What how do you deal with it? Yeah. Like, where do you go from there? What's the number? It is 988. It is 988. Good, nine good. Eight so eight. it's not 811. It's 988. Yes, 988. Uh, and so you have someone to talk to who can kind of, like, talk you off that ledge, literally, uh, so that you're realizing, hey, it's not that bad. And you know what? The only way we really learn is by failing. you got to try something, and you fall over, okay, uh, over and over and over again uh, until you actually learn it, and you're pretty good at it. I think it's tougher the longer you wait and you suddenly realize your peer group suddenly is doing it and they're getting better and better. And now you're like, oh, I'm the last person. So I'm really going to look like a fool in front of these people. So uh, I'm still in that mindset of if there's a new piece of technology, I love technology. I love jumping into it and just, hey, there's a new program or something. I want to try it. And I almost like it sometimes where I'm like, I am totally confused on this. I don't know how this works. Uh, and I don't mind if people I talk to laugh at me and go, oh, what are you, goofy? You don't know how that works? Mm. Uh, because I'm like, well, then just teach me. Let me uh, Show me this. And, and we are in a world that even if I don't want to talk to somebody, I can Google everything. Absolutely. Unless you, you don't know how to Google. <laughs> then, then you're kind of stuck. Right. Then you've got to call Nate. Okay, where well, you can reach him at 988, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay, all right. So with that, I want to talk about two, two I want to face this in two different ways. First off, uh, when we're alone, how we deal with this. If I'm catastrophizing, how do I deal with this? And we're going to apply some bacon to that, but not the bacon for chewing. The bacon, the bacon for, for doing. doing. Oh, you guys are sweethearts. All right, you're absolutely right. So we solved the world's problems with that acronym, B-A-C-O-N. So we're going to look at this. How, if I'm all by myself, what should I be doing to handle this this stress? And then secondly, uh, another set of bacon, another B-A-C-O-N, about how we can help other people uh, deal with this. Because let me ask you this is... Have you ever been, uh, like you, you say you guys have, have worked with people who catastrophize like this. Have you been with somebody who is so extreme to a point where it's frustrating to you? Where you're like, I can't believe this. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of touching on that, Nate, where you're like, come on, this is making my job harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been with people where they really push it to the point. I'm like, the sky is really not falling take a deep breath let's move forward and it's and it's like i can't do this and then i feel bad because i sh- i i'm like should i have done something different to handle the situation okay. you know what's interesting is i have um dealt with someone who catastrophizes everything and it was f- for the longest time it was something that just irked my very being because okay. i would go into a situation where all day every day i interacted with them and everything was a problem everything was the worst scenario yes. this is a huge deal and i actually and this is it was just an yeah. interesting thing i figured out was they were catastrophizing everything because they were not feeling like they had enough attention paid to them oh as okay. a person yeah yeah and so they would any situation they were in was a huge ordeal because they wanted someone to look at them 
uh-huh. and talk to them and ask them what was going right, on. Right, right. And I found that if I started my day by engaging them, asking them how the night yes. before was, how their weekend was, what was going on okay. in their personal life, the day that followed, they were very much less over the top okay. or dramatic about what was going on. And it was some them it was them using it actually as a ploy sure, sure. to just be noticed and get some attention paid to them. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I think what you're onto something and I just want to make sure that we understand when you're saying it was a ploy, it wasn't like they're necessarily doing it on purpose. No, it's something no, inside. Absolutely not. Just take a look at all you go really early on babies right Mm -hmm. when you're thinking of babies sitting at home with their family right the baby's got a dirty diaper starts screaming like it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. the baby's hungry the baby's got gas screaming like it's it's a catastrophe because well first off it doesn't have much else going on it doesn't have anything else to compare it to right right? Right. but in order it's it's uh life safety uh, mechanism is to make it a catastrophe so someone comes and helps them Mm -hmm. and what ends up happening is a parent one of my jobs has always got to be is to push you to the point of saying take care of it yourself because if everything you do is a catastrophe and i'm always there to save you then that's exactly what you're looking for in a relationship as you grow up Mm -hmm. and you can't handle it yourself so the more that a parent can push a child and saying yeah you're suffering figure a way out of it Mm -hmm. i'll be here i won't let you drown but in the meantime you have to learn to swim Okay, and that's what's really important. A lot of parents can't do that, and what happens is then we get adults who the only way that they feel uh, affection or a connection is by catastrophizing. Absolutely. Because then everything is falling apart because that's when a loved one came to my rescue. Right. So I love how you brought that up, Nate. Perfect. Wow. Nate, you are making up for being so quiet on previous shows. Well, that's what it's here for. That's right. <laughs> All right. So the bacon for uh, helping people who are catastrophizing is uh, really quick. We're going to do this, the B-A-C-O-N. So B is believe in their fears. Yes. Okay. A is address their concerns. C is change the narrative. O is offer support. And N is normalize help-seeking. Mm-hmm. All right? So, you know, notice how, how that fits into the B-A-C-O-N so perfectly. Wow. This is yeah. the genius of this show. Mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> so the first thing is... The, the reason I brought up that whole idea, have you ever been frustrated with someone who catastrophizes it? So that B is believe in their fears. And sometimes that is that takes such so much uh, empathy to sit there going, I don't know what you're going through, okay? But I have to trust you enough that you're, you're going through something. So I believe something's really scaring you. And I think the way that I learned to accept it is just kind of say, babies go through this all right because this is how they have to do this and this is a real fear to them this is something that is traumatizing to them unless i help them and so even as we get older we can deal with certain things but i can't genuinely feel what you're going through okay and a small paper cut may be traumatizing to you uh compared to someone else who is like a uh a compound fracture and they're mm-hmm. screaming and yelling and you're like well i got this paper cut because i've got nothing else to compare it to uh-huh. and that's the worst that happened to me so until something gets worse that's a catastrophe right uh and so this whole believing in fears and i don't know do you guys have any way that you can say uh other than saying i understand that this has got to be scary for you i'm trying to understand do you have any other ways that you can that you would say is a good way to understand someone's fears 
What do you think? And they both look at each other, scared. <laughs> scared. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is he talking to me? <laughs> I'm feeling in their place right now. That's right. Um, I think it's just try to think back, because I think uh, we've all been frustrated or yeah. just had a really low point at some point where we've just thought to ourselves, oh, why does this always happen to me? Right. When right. it really doesn't always no. happen no. to you. you just, like Nate said earlier, you just think about the times it does, it does happen. Right. And right. you just uh, compound that. I think by putting ourselves in that place or like relating to them and saying, well, I felt like this at one point, so I understand. Even if necessarily, you don't necessarily... um do it as frequently as they do right uh it can still be like well how would this feel if i was if i was feeling like this all sure. the time sure know? yeah yeah I, I i like that and so it's tough when we talk about uh sympathizing with someone or, or empathizing empathizing is when you're like really trying to walk a mile in their shoes okay mm -hmm. uh trying to put yourself in there and i always believe it's t it's really tough to empathize i can say i i i i think i know how you feel but that that has never made me feel better. If I'm feeling lousy and someone goes, I know how you feel. Mm -hmm. No, no. I'm feeling pretty lousy. And if you knew how I felt, you know. <laughs> so I like this whole thing of saying rather, um, I can only imagine how you feel. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This has got to be rough for you, so I'm here for you. That type of thing. Uh, and maybe try to just get them to talk talk it out a little bit. All right, but it's it's just to show them. I believe in, I believe in your fear. Something's really bothering you. And now is not the time to go. So um, let's take a look at your childhood, okay? <laughs> you know, let's let's take a look at what's bu bugging you right now. All right, and that leads into the A, which is address their concerns, mm -hmm. okay? And that's this whole idea of uh, trying to figure out what is the root cause. That's the next step after you've calmed them down a little bit about saying, "I believe in you know, I believe in your fears. I see something's bugging you. Uh, let's address the concerns. Is this the thing that's really bothering you, or is it something else?" Okay, that's why I like. That's why I was asking. What do you think the root cause is? Sometimes, is it that you're afraid to fail? Is it is it you're afraid that somebody's going to look down upon you? That you know, uh, what is it inside you? Let's let's try to address that, and let's see if we can we can come up with a, a solution to that. I I think an important step in all of this is kind of the solutions or support step, which is kind of like right in the yeah. middle of where you're going is where like we identify it, but like. Sometimes, like, people, when they're in the middle of a catastrophe, they do not want the solutions no, right away. No, no. I mean, they want, they want you to go, yeah, that sucks. Right. And yep. they, wanna, they want you to know that, you know, they want to know that you are in agreement and have and they've got their a, back. Gotta live, and they've got to live through it a little I bit. I know sometimes people will come to me with something and I'll... Right away, I'm like in my mind, I'm 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 a very negative but also a positive person. Okay. So instantly, I'm just even trying to look for solutions. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they're not ready. No. They no. want they want to be validated, and then, like you said, like yeah. then you got to start warming up for the the solutions and how to help them with it. There and is that's a, a very important there is a step to a, be a, in. a great video. Uh, that I pointed out, I'm sure to you, Luke, I don't know if I ever pointed out to you, Nate, it's from Saturday Night Live, and it's called It's Not the Nail, or It's Not About the Nail. Mm -hmm. And it's a great scenario like that, and it's about a couple talking, and the woman has a nail in her forehead, right? And she is complaining that she's got this awful headache and everything is terrible, and he's like, you know, if we just take a look at the nail, and she's like, just, would you just, I don't, not looking for a solution. <laughs> and it's It's a great scenario, but it illustrates how funny that is and how, you have to approach it from different sides because you're absolutely right. Sometimes people aren't looking for the solution at that point. 
okay? And you have to be able to just be there for the support and say, okay, when you are ready for a solution, if you want my help, I'm here for you. Okay, and that's what that's what's really t- tough because I'm one of those kind of people too that I want to look for the solution. I want to fix this and move on to the next step. And sometimes the the real solution is keep my mouth shut and just be a good listener. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. And while Luke sits there nodding, listening well, see, Luke's a good listener. I'm an Luke's amazing listener. He is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? What did I say? Okay. Uh, something. <laughs> All right. Something around a nail. There you go. So that's uh, so so far we've got believe in their fears, address their concerns, and C is change the narrative. And sometimes, and I think that. Uh, uh, we're we're all three reasonably uh, funny guys, and Nate. Uh, and so, what ends up happening? The idea of changing the narrative is sometimes what you have to do is kind of break the tension. And comedy is one of those ways that I do it. And uh, man, I I know few people who've crossed the line uh, worse than I do because mm. I cross the line where I introduce comedy at the wrong time. A little too often sometimes, and I'll admit that. I'm not going to change, but I will admit (laughs) that. Okay, But I think it's important sometimes when things are really, really rough and we're already looking at the worst-case scenario and we're saying it can't get any worse than this, well, then why not make a joke of the whole thing? Uh, Why not still come up with a way to laugh at it and lighten the tension a little bit? Okay, And comedy is, to me, the... The most effective and the easiest way to do this because it's such a difference. It's the it's the coin flipped completely over. I'm petrified. I'm scared uh, of from whatever, and now we're just gonna laugh at the situation. We're gonna laugh at ourselves, laugh at the situation, laugh at the outcome, everything like that. Uh, any other ways that you guys find that it makes any sense to change the narrative, uh, to switch it around? In other words, breaking the tension, moving uh, people away from their pain. Uh, yeah, I. I when you originally read that, I was kind of thinking of it differently. Um, you said change the narrative. I yeah. wasn't as much thinking about breaking the tension. I was okay. more thinking trying to to uh, illuminate uh, okay. this uh, situation by saying, "Look at it like this." Like it, it kind of like I what think, we're talking I think about that earlier. works. Yeah, like, yeah. Examine yourself from a from a larger view. Like look your look down at yourself and think about it like this, because then I think it will seem less big right. and less world ending to you if you change that if you change how you view how you're viewing it yeah take a different mindset narrative. right yeah no i like that i like that um it's just in other words it's still the same the same thing your answer is just not introducing comedy it's still breaking the tension yeah. of saying let's let's cl- let's view the problem with clearer heads let's take a look at it let's do that helicopter view leave the situation look at it and say is it that bad Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm. You know, I hesitate to say. Well, it could get worse. Okay, I don't want to do that. <laughs> what about you, Nate? Uh, any any clues on how to change the narrative, break the tension, change change yeah. the mood? Yeah. No, I think just going off what Luke said. I mean, the the perspective is anything, and so if you can introduce perspective without without taking away from their feelings, you know, you yes. can't say you can't go to them and be like what you're feeling is not significant because in the grand scheme of things we're on a gigantic earth and it's not important but if you can get them to just shift just shift their perspective in the entire situation and just like focusing on focusing on any positives you can find right right no matter how small they are be like yeah this sucks right now but yeah, <laughs> here is here's something you're going to take away from this, and even something that they can look at it and be like, "This is not a total loss or a total waste of my time or my energy or right, my right. anything." 
just a little piece, if you can kind of dial in on that and get them to focus on that, it can shift the entire situation. Gotcha, gotcha. So my father, see, you guys uh, missed out on him. So if there was something like, as a kid, falling and like skinning your knee and you thought, oh, this is awful, right? So he would do one of two things. He would either crack a joke, like do the whole, oh, we'll pull my finger, you know, that type of thing. Or he would say, watch this, and he'd smack you, he'd slap you in the in the wound, like skin my knee and he'd slap you in that. And, and you'd scream and he's like, see? And you thought it hurt bad before. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that was his attitude. So when uh, if I hurt myself and I saw my father coming, I suddenly put a smile on my face because <laughs> I know his way of changing the narrative. But um, it's just that same thing that I think it's important to when, uh, and I'm going to repeat what you were saying, Nate, when the person is ready, help them change that narrative. Help mm -hmm. them look upon it in a different way, whether it's just logically whether it is funny or something in between there. Have them look at the situation with fresh eyes, okay? And I think that's going to be very important. Okay, so that's the BAC. Uh, o is offer support, which we definitely talked about right from the beginning, is never overlook that, never look the the power of just being there. When uh, I never understood when I was younger and when we uh, would go to a funeral, Okay, and I never understood as a kid, we would just sit there and I'm like, what are we doing here? We're just sitting here. All right, and you're that, well, can we play a game or something? <laughs> and be like, no, no, we're sitting here. Why? It's because just being present was the support that somebody needed. They needed every once in a while to look around and say, look at how many people were here at the funeral when somebody had lost someone that really meant something to them. Mm. To see so many people just sitting there uh, in support in quiet, silent support just meant the world to some people. So offering support comes in so many different ways. You know, this whole idea is, hey, I'll sit here quietly with you. Uh, I'm a phone call away if you need me. I, I'll just sit here, uh, do whatever you need me to do. When you're ready to talk, I'm all ears. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that's that's so important. We talk, talked a lot about offering support. So the last one is the N, which is normalize, normalize help-seeking, okay? And I think this goes back to this stigma. Uh, I think more with men, and uh, can you see all the women in the studio audience just stood up and walked out, but, yeah. <laughs> but more with men that we feel we have to internalize our problems. When we think things are going bad, we internalize them, we swallow them, and we go, you know, they'll, they'll come out of me one day in a heart attack. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I'm just going to swallow them, I'm going to hold them in, and n I don't want to talk to anyone. Okay, uh, I would rather uh, go get drunk or get in a fight and get it out of my system that way. And what we have to do is normalize help seeking. In other words, it is important for us to find someone to talk to uh, and express our feelings and not be afraid to cry in front of people. It's, it's okay to go and talk to a therapist uh, or anyone who can open up, you know, who will allow you to open up in a safe place like that. Uh, I know growing up it was just it just seemed like there was a stigma for me that guys don't do that and some women do that but guys don't do that and it wasn't until I got divorced that I was like I was really really confused and I went and saw a therapist and it was the coolest thing ever because I was just like hey let's get through this therapy right away you know I was like I'm not I'm not uh, taking my time on this and you know I remember just falling apart in the first visit and just crying and the therapist is like wow we don't normally have a breakthrough this quickly and i'm like well i i'm paying the copay so i want to get through that <laughs> right. gotta right? get your money's worth yeah exactly but uh after doing that 
I never would have uh, understood how important and how strong that is and how absolutely wonderful it is just to have someone who you can walk into and say, I'm just opening up completely and just and just letting it all go and just mm. dumping it all and getting it out and getting it off my chest. Uh, this is that's probably one of the reasons that I do what I do when I do business coaching and I talk to people and I say, you know, you can talk about whatever you want with with me. You can open this up. Uh, I, I don't want people going as deep as what you might say, a, tell a therapist, because I'm not a therapist, but I do let them say, this. these are the things that are bothering me at work, these are the things that are bothering me at home, and how they affect me at work, etc. But it's that type of thing is that um, we all need someone to open up to. We all need someone to talk to. Okay? And it used to be, uh, you know, we'd go talk to the bartender or the barber. Okay? And that's what it came down to. So, do you guys have someone you can talk to? Uh Oh yeah, the, yeah. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. All right, more than just a punching bag, right? Uh, me, well, yeah. you don't have you don't, you, on that. you don't have to give <laughs> like you don't have to give a name and you don't have to give about anything you're talking about. I just want to make sure you guys have someone that if you're saying, "Hey, life, life is falling apart. I just need somebody to even listen to me for thirty seconds." Mm. What about you, Nate? I th- I think a big thing is is you don't have to have one singular person. Oh my God, no, no. To talk about. I think I think it's important to have a good point. Just build a, a group of people around you that when you are dealing with an issue, yes, that, that can talk to you, but can also um, relate to you on it. Right. Like there right. are there are a lot of things that I can open up to and talk to my wife about. Yes. But that okay. if I were to talk to somebody else, it would just it would just be seem foolish, and yes. I would, I would not be comfortable right. doing it. But there's also um, things, be it frustrations in the workplace or something along yes. those lines or even you know if i were to feel like i was falling short in my roles as a husband or something yes, like that yes. that i couldn't talk to my wife about not because not because she's no, not no, a great no, listener right, but it's right. because you want somebody who who's going to be actually be able to relate to you yep, yep. in that sense. from your and point so of view right yeah i think the biggest thing is is be be careful but be willing to be vulnerable and yeah. your frustrations you because go. if you don't, they will eat you alive. Right. They will they will eat away at you. And I I'm very blessed in the relationship that I have my wife and I have a uh, I've met your wife. She's a yeah, good she's, she's a, a good she's person. She's a wonderful yeah, lady. She is. But, yeah. But I also have a uh, you know one of my supervisors at work and good. he and I can collaborate together and we you know can work through our frustrations and talk through things Excellent. together. That's important. And yeah. build off of each other's ideas. And it's it's outside of the workplace. It's out you know, it's not yep. the mon- you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday. Right, but, right. But we can kind of resound stuff off of each other and it helps us both grow right. and release frustration so that we can then go and when we're at work focus on what needs to be done. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing is that's why I said we've got to normalize that help seeking. Uh, because there's too much. There's generations in the past that would have never done that. Mm-hmm. They would just swallow it all up and say, "I'm not going to let it go. I'll be fine." And then you know they they die in their mid 40s. Okay, so we don't want that to happen. Yeah. All right. So with that, that that's what we can do to help other people. But what I want to do is there's some people out there who don't feel they they they're ready to go out and ask for help. So there's another set of bacon here, B A C O N, about uh, what we can be doing. If we're feeling it's uh, life is is tearing us down, what should we be doing? So this this bacon is uh, quick and easy. It's going to be B is breathe, A is assess, C is challenge, O is optimize, and N is network. 
Okay. So what are you, what are you, what are you grinning over there for? It's just network at the end. Network. It's, it's funny. It's, it's end. <laughs> well, it's, all right, would you prefer networking? All right. But, uh, but breathe is the first one. I don't know if you guys ever really do this. I find myself that it really, really works. Now, I have an Apple Watch, right? So every once in a while, I'll be doing nothing, right? And I'll, <laughs> really, literally nothing. Uh, and it'll go off and saying, your heartbeat just went up really high. Like, I'm going, what? What do you mean it just went up? Like, what? I'm thinking... I'm not in a stressful situation. Something's going on, so I probably have some disease or something like that. So I'll hear about that from my wife when I get home. <laughs> but anyway, it kicks up like that. So then I find myself that I do this breathing technique, mm-hmm. all right? And I just, uh, you breathe in, you breathe out, you hold your breath the whole bit. And I can lower my blood pressure just by doing this. And it's amazing because I like the idea of understanding that I have control over my body to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And the more I practice, the more control I have. And we've talked a number of times on the show about the idea that if uh, something can scare me, if I can cont- catastrophize uh, and I could be visualizing the future, an awful future, to the point that I get an upset stomach, to the point where I'm sweating, I get a headache, all that kind of stuff, that means that my mind is strong enough to affect my body in a negative way, right? So my mind is strong enough to affect my body in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like the idea of um, when my watch tells me, hey, something's going on, that I can sit there and kind of zen out a little mm-hmm. bit and do this breathing exercise and just really bring it down and take that really, really deep breath. I think the thing is that uh, what they talk about is you uh, try to de- you inhale for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then exhale slowly for eight seconds. Okay, uh, and so I I have tried that m- multiple times, and then I'm like I'm getting stuck with counting seconds, or am I supposed to be looking at a clock? And it seems like it takes away from it. So what all I end up doing is taking that really deep breath, where I can really feel my lungs fill out. You know, really deep breath, more than uh, a usual breath. Hold it a little bit, and then exhale it very very slowly. And I just do that over and over again. And it's just, you know, it calms me down with whatever's bothering me. And even just general scenarios. If I'm in a, a scary scenario, uh, something's bugging me uh, for whatever reason, it's really easy just to do that breathing exercise. And that really, really works well for me. So do you guys have anything that if you're in that that position in your life where it's like there's some anxiety sneaking up on you or you're facing a, a tough situation, something that you do that calms you down? Uh, I just like to, especially if I'm like in a public place, I, I will just sometimes go excuse myself to a restroom because just that little bit of isolation sometimes is all you need. That's cool. Like, That's cool. To be able to be like, to reassess, to just to realign yourself and just uh, cut out the the outside noise and then be like, okay, now I can go back with a clearer head and, right. and actually settle with this. Obviously you can't do this all the time, like right. if you're in the middle of like an active thing but you know it's right it's good to remember that and i would not necessarily suggest doing both because there's a lot of public bathrooms you don't want to breathe heavy in so. <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's i think that's really good i think uh for me like i'll even like in the you know in the hubbub of the office sure, times sure. where it's just phones are going off everybody's talking everything's going and i'll just stand up from my desk and i'll just walk out into the middle of our yard and you know the middle yeah, of the yard's yeah. quiet and I'll just look out at all the trailers and everything and just kind of collect myself and go back in and I, I used to have to do it all the time yeah and yeah I'd be okay wired up and and fired up but now it's I've, I've gotten better but even still there's just you know like today there was just I was sitting at my desk and I was like you know what I need to just take a moment 
and go out and relax. But I do like I do like the bathroom thing. I will every once in a while if I know I can't afford to walk that far away if mm-hmm. I just step in there. And it's sometimes just even like looking at yourself in the mirror and just kind of yep. focusing on yourself just brings a sense of like you're alive. It's fine. It'll sure. be okay. Mm-hmm. Just take a moment and then you go back in it. And it can it it, it can really do something okay. for you. Sure. You know, I, it's reminding me of you had brought up your lovely wife, my daughter. There was a time years ago when she was little, a little girl, probably in like first or second grade, something like that. So this was uh, many years ago. Not that many years ago. Just a few years ago. <laughs> but anyway, an appropriate number of yes, years ago. an appropriate number of years ago, right. Uh, but I had this horrific thing happen at work. It was just to the point um, I was in an argument with somebody who was just, I was furious and I could just feel my heart beating. I mean, I went to my office. I wanted to punch the wall. I was just really upset. And I sat in my office and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Katie's school. I'm going to call the school and just tell them I need to talk to her. Okay. Because at that moment in time, the only thing that came to my head that would calm me down was that just connecting with her and just talking with her. Uh, and, you know, can you imagine, I didn't actually call the school, but can you imagine calling the school? And they were like, well, she's in, in class right now. This is second grade. I just need her to talk to her for a second. Daddy needs to calm down, yeah. Katie. Tell me something nice. <laughs> <She is right. laughs> um, but just the idea that it came to my head that that was my, that was a, this calming moment for me, knowing that if I talked to her, it was a calming moment. Uh, and just thinking about that, that I have that possibility. And when I went home, I would see her. And that that in itself was something that that brought me down again. So that was a beautiful thing to do. So everyone just needs that. So you're a lucky guy because you get to do this every day, Nate. Okay. I'm blessed. (laughs) Yes, you are. All right. So that's the breathing and these other coping mechanisms. I like this. The next one is assess. All right. In other words, it's this idea I talked about, about taking that helicopter view of life, uh, assess it and saying, why am I allowing this to make me feel this awful? Why am I making this uh, ruin my day? And I think we just have to sometimes, some people can do this easier than others, where you just kind of go, this is silly. I am letting this one little incident ruin my entire day, as opposed to, for me, again, I would rather laugh at it and go, this is silly that I'm doing this, and laugh at myself and the situation. So do you guys ever do any of that, assessing the situation? Does that help you? A little bit, and you're not at each other. No, I, I think so. I, there, yeah. there, there'll be moments where something will happen. I can just feel myself getting frustrated, and then I just have to. You just go, and you're like, "It's yes, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, it's right. not." And that's that's something I try to pass on to the people that are underneath me. Right. Work. I go. We have all these scenarios. We have all these options. Yes, this exact moment is frustrating, but. In the yes. grand scheme, even like not even of our lives, just of our day to day. Yes, this yes. is so trivial. Don't let that be right. what sets the tone for the rest of your for day. the rest of the day. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Because what you know, I always say we have the ability to change ourselves. We don't really have the ability to change other people. We can nudge them. Yeah. But when somebody does something to us and it pisses us off, upsets us, and then we allow it to ruin our entire day, that's on us. Yeah. Okay. Which, What's interesting, though, is people, wherever we are all the time, are watching us. Yes. And, and you, can, you can set the tone and you can be the influence. And it doesn't even matter, like, where you are in, you know, your, your job yep. title or yep. your family or anything. Everyone is watching everyone else. And if they see, they see something that they maybe would have handled as 
a catastrophe and you just kind of being positive in the way you look at it and the way you handle the way they're going a lot of times a lot of people go wow wow and that's going to do more than you being like hey don't freak out about that thing yes i'm yes. seeing you react that way i like that that's a very good point and by the same token when they see you freak out or like lose your mind about something that's maybe trivial you can actually in their mind they go oh that was a bit much yeah. i think you know <laughs> yes, yes, so right. it's, yeah it's, especially you, you, i i think you, they yeah, learn you, a lot about you when they watch you catastrophize right. yeah you, you yeah. forget that just everyone everyone is watching you all the time to some extent and so it's you can be that positive force in others without even even saying a word to them i i agree definitely yeah so this this next letter was c was challenge yourself and that's and that's really what it comes down to is challenge yourself ask yourself the questions of is this the thing that's really bugging me because when we when we we assess the situation going the guy cut me off in traffic and now it's you know on the way to work and now it's lunch and i'm still upset was that the thing that was upsetting me or was it was something else so challenge yourself ask yourself come on there were, there's got to be something else so you can dig down deeper inside and it's easier sometimes for us to do that uh which leads us to o which is optimize and what I mean by that is this whole idea is take a look and try to find some balance in your life and uh, put extra effort or concentration or optimize those things that bring us joy and say, you know what, in a daily life, in a, in a uh, every day, there are more things that bring me joy than bring me any type of anger, uh, uh, hatred, fear, or uh, embarrassment, anything like that. The things are that. So concentrate more on that. Uh, which is one of the reasons I made that that worksheet called the Happiness Worksheet, that I really want everyone in the world to, that they I, I hope people can download it and share it. That's on my website masterhappiness.com. Whenever you see little the little pink pig baking the pig, you click on that and that opens that PDF a Happiness Worksheet, which will teach people to really optimize and look at, at what's great in in their life as opposed to what's what's the sorrowful stuff. Okay. Now I just want to jump because I'm looking at the time. We're we're getting to the top of the hour, so I want to jump into this one that that Luke is very excited about, and that's the N is network. So uh, this bacon has been breathe, assess, challenge, optimize, and network. Uh -huh. So uh, so networking, Luke, is I think yeah. uh, falls in line with what you were saying, uh, Nate, and that is when you network and you surround yourself with other people as opposed to uh, being alone. You know, because I like your idea uh, where both of you are saying sometimes you just break away from the crowd, take a moment by yourself, but don't make that the natural uh, excuse or the, the natural reaction. In other words, if if I can take 30 seconds away from people and that's good, then if I stay away from people for, uh, you know, uh, two days, it's even better. Mm -hmm. uh, instead, no, get with people because you will find that everyone else goes through problems similar than to yours. And you will you will also be introduced to problems that are greater than yours, and it will allow you to look at yourself and go, ooh, I really was making a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> you know, that was not that big of a problem. Uh, and helping other people uh, with their problems, listening and empathizing will help you through that just a little bit more. Okay. Uh, would you guys consider yourselves big uh, uh, support people? Like you're there for your friends and and strangers alike. I think it's tough. I think I think I like to consider myself a loyal person. Okay. As in, if somebody called me up in the middle of the night and was like, "I need to bury a body," yeah. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> but if they call me up and they say, "Hey, I'm dealing with this thing," and it's it's more on the emotional plane, yeah. I have a harder time. Sure. 
with that. So yeah. it, and and I will and I will try, but sometimes it's just me patting on the back going, that's tough. That that's right. what you're dealing with yes. right yes. now. And, and, and that's ahead. I mean that's that's something that I want to be better at just in every aspect of my life is being able to being able to relate to somebody without being condescending or seeming fake yes yeah i i agree with you because i think like you explained you're a fixer you want to find the solution and move on and i find the same way and so when i'm doing that that same thing of going i'm just here to hear you out and listen to you and i'm sitting here going i have the solution but you're not ready for it i'm sitting there then i'm going I feel like like this is bugging me. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, sometimes I just want to hear myself talk. You know, that's why I'm on the radio. There, there you go. <laughs> what do you think I'm here yeah, for? Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, what about you, there, uh, Luke? As far as networking, uh, would you consider yourself uh, a good person? You're a lis- you said you're a, a good listener, and so are you the type of person people want to lean on? I would like to. Con- I would like to consider that. I would well, like you're to- not. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go ahead. I would like to consider myself uh, a good support person, you know, and actually, for example, I, I want to support you. Ah, thank uh, you. Because I actually, I, I, I went through to the liberty of, of searching up quotes because Tiffany. Oh, did you? Oh, I well, wish someone I, had to. Yeah, I, I'm glad. It wasn't so, going to be me. I mean, because we're, we're, we're at the top of the hour, but we have time for, for uh, a couple. I have uh, three quotes for All right, let's do them quick. Uh, uh, here. Thank I, you. From Albert Camus. Oh, uh, author of The Stranger. I think this is from The Stranger. Uh, you always get exaggerated notions about things you don't know anything about. Oh, that's great. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Now I wish. Now I wish that was your quote because we would use that on, t- on a T-shirt. But we might yeah. anyway, as long as we give him credit. All right. Okay. The, the top of the hour. So let's, let's yeah. <laughs> shoot. Shoot. Uh, the other one. No I have explanation. Is uh, darkness. Yeah. Exaggerates the size of a spark. Oh wow! Who said that? Oh boy, uh, Moko Mokakoma Moko Noana. Oh, I, I went we through practice this. I went wow. through this I went through with Nate. Nice. <laughs> I was like, nice, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, He's one of our listeners, so that's perfect. Thank uh, you. But I, I word that one yeah. might be a little poetic for our listeners. So no, I, I, like I, went, I went with this last one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, which is my favorite? Uh, don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy and wow that's that from, sounds familiar yeah <laughs> that's from the group eagles nice there, nice their hit take it easy okay so then i want to end it with a quote that i wrote and that is remember it's not always a catastrophe sometimes it's just a conundrum disguised as a calamity wow there you go at risk of sounding like a suck up i kind of like that one <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, thank you so much. Anyone out there, remember, it's not as bad as you think. Uh, And if it is as bad as you think, then you're halfway to solving the problem. Okay? (laughs) You digging that? Mm -hmm. All right. So with that, I want to say ta-ta for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) And tune in next week. We're going to be tackling some other uh, problem, and we're going to solve the problem with bacon. Until then, thank you so much. This has been Marty Jalove on Bacon Bits with Master Happiness and WRLR 98.3. Say goodnight, Nate and Luke. Good night, Nate and Luke. <laughs> Bye-bye.